I am very excited to be bringing a very special guest on the evening round of show today, Canadian-born artist Kirith Kaur. She is a Sikh Punjabi artist, and her work takes shape through painting, illustration, sculpture, music, and architecture. With over 24,000 followers on Instagram, she continues to break barriers and create space for powerful Sikh women. She currently lives and works in Toronto, and she is on air with us. Good evening, Kirith. How are you? Hello. Thank you so much for that amazing introduction. I'm doing pretty well. <laughs> How are you? Thank you so much for being here. I know it's uh, there's a time difference, so it's a little bit late. So I really appreciate you taking the time out. No worries. It's all good. It works. Yeah. Well, first of all, I mean, if you could just share with all of us, what made you decide to become an artist? Um, yeah, so it's a pretty interesting question because I don't think I ever had a moment where I made that decision it was kind of mm-hmm. something that was a part of my life for as long as I can remember um right. quite honestly so since I was a child um my favorite thing to do was so when I was really really young it was to pick up markers and pencil crayons and put stories to paper and give them you know put put imagery to words and a lot of that actually had to do with my parents sharing stories with me related to Sikh history and Sikh culture, um, Sakis as we colloquially refer to them. And Mm -hmm. in addition to that, just being a kid and watching cartoons and Disney movies and wanting to create my own worlds that were similar to that slash were incorporating similar characters I remember like I was obsessed with the movie Lion King when I was super super young and I would (laughs) you know redraw the lions and create my own little stories and basically extrapolate from what I had already seen on TV Um, so it, it started in a really natural place for me in my childhood and I think it just evolved as I evolved as a person so the stories that I wanted to express became more complex and mm-hmm. um you know they took different form they took different medium they were expressed in different ways so it's really something that started when i was super super young and just evolved with me as i went on and i mean you have explored various mediums painting and music and architecture i mean how did that journey kind of evolve what where did you start and then where are you now and and how did you get to that place the music aspect of my practice again was something that blossomed when i was super super young so as kids my brother and i we would play the harmonium and the tabla uh, when we were doing kirtan and gurdwaras. So Mm -hmm. that was my first expression, like my self-expression musically. But in addition to that, my my parents, who are super, super into the arts and really into music, they surrounded us with a lot of traditional music and just different types of music. So... That was something, again, that I was exposed to fairly young and kind of developed, again, just as I grew. So 
um, I was learning, you know, simple kind of, we call them Bollywood tunes um, when I was super, super young in terms of doing Kirtan at Gurdwara. But then I began training in Gurbani Kirtan a few years back. So that was a bit more formal and kind of taking it um, a little bit further. And then I also became became, uh, a little bit more experimental with my own expression of music. And so it it kind of overlaps with my visual work because the writing um, and the visual stories that I do, I wanted to give them a musical dimension. So this was an art form that I was training in and I had experimented with a little bit. And I wanted to incorporate it more on a more personal level you could say Mm -hmm. so it wasn't just about uh, repeating things that I had learned but it was about being a little more innovative and expressing my own stories through that medium absolutely and I mean your work is so unique and what would you say drove that decision to really focus in on sick women because I feel Mm -hmm. like there isn't a lot of representation when we're specifically looking at women so what made you decide to really focus on that it's a really personal story and it has super personal origins as well so um, when I was growing up I grew up in a very white-centric town, which is mm-hmm. now more of a city. weren't children of color around me when I was super, super young. As I grew, London, Ontario had more immigration. There was more groups of people from the Middle East, um, Africa, not so much South Asia, but it was becoming more and more diverse, which definitely allowed me to feel like I was in a space where I felt more supported and more understood. But I don't think I quite ever found my place or my people or my belonging. And I think the one thing that I'm realizing more and more is that that sense of belonging and that sisterhood or that brotherhood is something that we kind of long for continuously in our lives. And I always felt that void when I was super young and when I was growing up. So for a while, I felt like I was searching for that home space. Mm. And it's funny, I always say this to people that I'm close to, but the work that I do and the work that I create, I'm kind of doing it for my younger self in the sense that I want the younger Kirat or the younger Kirat, like the other young sick women who are in similar positions um, as I was, you know, as a kid growing up, I want them to feel like they have a space and they have a culture. They have people that they can look to who are expressing themselves in the same language, you know, with the same anecdotes, people that Mm -hmm. just understand what it's like to be a Punjabi sick brown girl. And they have someone that they can look up to who's expressing themselves in that way. So, I always feel like when someone approaches me and they say, you know, your work has made me feel this or made me feel at home or made me see this concept in a way that I hadn't before, like those 
those things are the most meaningful to me when it comes to creating work. Those are the best interactions, the most meaningful thing, because I feel like that is my purpose. I want to give people a space where they can connect with themselves and feel like they can be confident about who they are, however they are. Mm-hmm. So I think in a way it's quite natural for me to express um, themes around sickism, around being a Punjabi woman, being a sick woman. And at the same time, I do have that goal, you know, where I, I want to be mindful of how yeah, the younger generation perceives my work. And not to say that I want my work to be only geared towards a certain group of people. Um, you know, I, I do want more people to be able to connect with it. So I, I do feel like I connect to different universal, more universal themes as well. But I would say that that has, that has been my main target audience, just naturally. And you mentioned this a little bit, but you have discussed various sick historical moments, including 1984. And I feel within second generation kids or even within Punjabi kids, as you were talking about, who grew up in more white dominated cities, is I feel there isn't that awareness. And is this something that you hope to work towards in, in educating young sick women and men on some of these historical events that continue to shape where we are now. 100%. I agree with what you said. I think it is difficult when you live in very white-centric or just places that are void of the Punjabi sick community. It's really hard right. to connect with your history and understand where your people come from, what they've been through. But, you know, I I don't think history necessarily repeats itself, but it does, it casts a shadow. Um, Yeah, yeah. It casts a shadow forward, kind of. And so I feel like it is important to understand all of these nuanced events. And when it comes to 84 and even before that, you know, what our our history was like, um, I think it takes a bit of work. Like, it's not easy when you're in spaces that don't talk about it. the school system that I went through did not talk about the history of people of color um, at all. If at all, it was, you know, just touched upon very lightly. But there is so much history of people of color. You know, a lot of what we are living with now was built by people of color. Um, mm-hmm. And that's as society as a whole. So I think it's really important to educate people about those things. And I I want my artwork and my expression to be an educational tool. And it doesn't have to be a traditional educational tool. Like I'm um, not necessarily writing traditional books or literature, but I I think that using social media and using these traditional mediums that we work in are a really, really powerful way to communicate ideas and ways of thinking to the newer generation and, you know, just anyone really, uh, just shining a light on this aspect of history that gets so dimmed. Um, And more specifically, yeah, so with Sikh history and with Punjabi culture, I've been doing deeper dives into historical texts like um, Suraj Prakash Granth, which is a very 
important Sikh historical text, which actually poetically tells the lives of the gurus and um, beyond, a little bit beyond. Um, and I think that texts like that are so key to how Sikhs think today, how they express themselves poetically, um, just amongst each other in their personal lives as well, like mm-hmm. the different metaphors and, you know, just ways of expression that are used in texts like that. Um, I feel like just studying those, it j- explains so much of why we are how we are today and what our principles are like. So I think that there's so many different aspects that can be explored um, in this domain, but, you know, I'm trying to touch on what resonates with me, of course, and um, what I think can benefit our community as a whole. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I I think that is such an important statement. And even just what you said about how you see how these historical moments really do shape um, people of, of Sikh faith and also just where we are at right now I think that is such an important point that you made there and and looking into that and learning and continuously educating yourself on on that and and I want to ask you Kirith with your work and with your art what would you say is your main goal what is that one thing that you really hope to achieve hmm I don't think I've ever thought about like one single goal, but I think what drives me is that connection that I spoke about, that connection with others Yeah. Um, that I think sometimes doesn't come with everyday conversation. Um, sometimes it takes an art form or an art piece or an expression of art to bring about new emotions in people. And I think that's what I want to continue to do with my work. I want my work to push people to reflect and to feel new emotions and just explore themselves, you know, like explore Mm -hmm. their own minds and challenge themselves, fall in love with themselves to just feel good really. So Mm -hmm. that's what I hope to be able to do. Like I just want to be able to enrich people's lives um, with my work. I want them to think about things that they haven't thought about before. Um, So, yeah, I think just to stir up thought among people is my driving force. And I I think that's what, yeah, continues to push me. Yeah, absolutely. And and is it possible, just so our listeners can kind of get a sense of your work, can you yeah. share with us one of one of your favorite pieces or, or something that you think is, is relevant right now, if you could share something with us? For sure, yeah. So from my visual collection, one of the pieces that I've been thinking about quite a lot and I've kind of mentioned that I see it as emblematic to my practice is mm-hmm. um, a painting that I did of my father, who is one of my primary teachers in Sikh history and Sikh poetics. Right. Um, so the painting is called The Living Encyclopedia. And it's an image. Um, it was 
hand painted, of course, and it's an image that I think is emblem- it's emblematic to my practice because, like I mentioned, my dad is one of my main teachers. He's the one who I've studied Sikh historical texts from and a lot of my understanding of Sikh culture and Sikh um, history and poetics comes from him and from his studying and his learning. And in this work, um, he's represented in a fairly realistic way in a, in a kind of surrealistic setting where he's mm. studying a passage of Suraj Prakash Grant. And there's a lot of personal motifs in that painting. Um, there's this magnifying glass that I actually gifted to him. And it was actually for this purpose to be able to like zoom into smaller um, text. So he's actually a manuscript collector. So he has a lot of um, handwritten grunts and old text okay. collection. Yeah. So um, he's kind of immersed in his work in that painting. And my work is kind of an extension of that. Um, so he's more of a literary student and scholar. And it's that teaching that's really enriched my own work so that painting is super important to me right now because um you know not only does it represent my teacher but it also represents and explores um the the main text that i've been studying these days so that's a super important piece and yeah you can take a look at it um for anyone listening on my website so there's details about it there as well. Yeah. And and what is your website just for our listeners if they wanted to see your work? Um, where can they be uh, doing that? For sure. So my website is kirat-gaur.com, but okay. I do a lot of updates on the IG. So yeah. <laughs> God, my updates are pretty current there as well. Okay, great. Well, just lastly, Gareth, I want to ask you, um, you know, for young women who are maybe listening right now or men uh, who have these dreams and these ambitions of potentially pursuing, you know, a non-traditional medium. And it's difficult a lot of the times when you grow up in in an Indian family um, to be able to push those barriers and those boundaries. What advice would you give? Hmm. I would say whatever is true in your heart will manifest. And I know that sounds very like esoteric, but honestly, as time goes on, I truly believe that. Like, I think even in my career, in my journey, I've gone through so many different, you know, hurt. I've passed so many different hurdles and encountered so many different situations. But I feel like what I come back to is you know, those dreams and those goals that I have had in my heart that I know are true to who I am. And Mm -hmm. I feel like it's such a cliche thing, but I think it's cliche for good reason because it is, it's repeated because it is, it's true. Like, you know, whatever is in your heart really will manifest. So if there's something that you feel truly drawn to and it's your purpose and it's like that thing that you know, you can you can be working on late into the night, you can ignore everything else and you can just be obsessed with that one thing, whatever it is, like if it's writing, if it's any type of research, like I would say just 
follow your curiosities. Like, I I think Mm -hmm. there's a lot of pressure as well. Like, I think there's two sides to it. Like, I think there's definitely a struggle to be able to pursue what you love. But then there's also this pressure to, like, find what you love. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I feel like that's also, it's just kind of whack. Like, you don't need to be obsessed with something. You don't need to necessarily have a passion like as long as you have a curiosity like that will lead Mm. you to something you know what I mean you don't have to be amazing or good at something right off the bat like as long as you have a curiosity for it I like there's ways to get better at it because if Mm. you're curious about it you're going to spend time doing it you know whether it's like research on a type of science or like I said you love to write you want to you want to write more you want to read and write more you know, you start somewhere, everyone starts somewhere, you can't expect to be amazing at something or to be really refined in a certain craft. So I think it's also important to just be kind and curious. So yeah, just follow your curiosities and whatever is in your heart, like it's gonna find a way to be a part of your life. Absolutely. Yeah, be true to your questions and your curiosities. Yeah, I, I think that's that's such a great ending off point, especially for everyone who is listening right now. I, I think that is so inspiring. And I mean, you have done so well, but I think what's really great about your work and about what you're doing is you are creating space for powerful sick women. And there is such a lack of representation specifically when it comes to sick women. And I really commend you for that because it's, it's very inspiring. Thank you so much. That's really sweet. I don't think I ever think of myself as an inspiring (laughs) sick woman, but honestly it means a lot that it's, giving people something to think about and just letting them realize that they can be who they want to be because that's my goal I just want people to be who they are and be kind and be true to yourself so yeah absolutely thank you so much Gareth for joining us for being here and taking the time out uh again I know it's late so I really really appreciate it and, and what a meaningful conversation thank you so much no worries thank you so much have an amazing night